So Christ is the foundation. You and I are the building blocks, the living building blocks that God is using to build this spiritual temple, this perfect individual that God planned. I don't know about you, but that's kind of unreal to me. The fact, we say this a lot, but the fact that God was so, so intentional with every single person in here that he had a plan for their lives long before you even came out of your mother's womb, that's crazy to me, but I'm thankful for it. How cool is it that we each have been uniquely woven together by God, the creator of everything? That's cool. But at the same time, how many of us also know that because, like Peter says, because we are living stones, living things also make choices for themselves. Whether those choices be good or bad, living things, God has given us free will to make choices. I would hope tonight that the choices we are making together are good, but God has given us the free will to do the complete opposite. Verse six again says this, as scriptures say, I am placing a cornerstone in Jerusalem chosen for great honor, and anyone who trusts in him will never be disgraced. Yes, you who trust him recognize the honor, you recognize the honor that God has given him, but for those who reject him, this is verse seven, those who reject him the stone that the builders rejected has now become the cornerstone and verse 8 says he is a stone that makes people stumble the rock that makes them fall they will stumble because they do not obey God's word and so they meet the fate that was planned for them Welcome back to the PC Youth Pod. We are excited to continue to bring you more encouraging messages as we start a new year. This week's message, we are learning about the importance of foundations and learning how to build your life on the right things. Grab your Bible, something to write with, as we hear this week's message. But as I've been praying um, the, over the past few weeks about where God would lead us, where God would lead me, God keeps kept speaking the word foundations, and I couldn't kind of shake it. Um, I asked our leadership team to pray about that as well, and God kind of confirmed, not kind of, God confirmed that word foundations to each and every single one, one of our leaders um, in our high-level leadership team in a different way. There was different affirmation of that. Yeah, God spoke to me in that way. Oh, I found that in, throughout my week. Um, and so tonight we're going to talk about what it means to have a strong foundation. And so where I want to go tonight is no matter where, what you're doing, no matter what you're living for, who you're living with, whatever, all these things, if you're with your family, if you're playing football, no matter what you're doing, what you're interested in, you're building your life upon some sort of foundation. We can all agree on that tonight. No matter what you're doing, you're building upon something. God is shaping you or molding you or upon something, whether that be good or bad. So I'm going to really, really simplify it right now. There's two basic things that each and every single one of us are doing. There's some of us in here that are building our lives upon a strong, godly, biblical foundation centered around Jesus and the Bible. And there's others that are building their lives upon the world or the enemy or things of, this, of culture that aren't necessarily godly. There's, that's two very, very basic categories that I'm putting us into. I don't like categorizing people. But for all of us, we've, one of us fits into two of those one of those two categories. So we all know that foundations can be also obviously in a building, but they're also something that's very important for our lives. And what I want to say tonight early on is that we all know what happens to a structurally sound foundation, and we all also know what happens to one that's not. 
A foundation that's structurally sound will be able to be continued to be building upon, and one that's not structurally sound will eventually fall and crumble. So, tonight, oh man, I forgot to pull this up. I'm going to find it really fast. That's bad prep on my part. Foundation. I was looking up an article earlier today, talking earlier this week about, about a building, what happened to a building that wasn't structurally sound. Wait. Here we go. The article is called, Why Did This Florida Condominium Collapse? Back in 2018, there was a building engineer who was in charge of making sure this huge, huge condominium in Florida was kept at tip-top shape, made sure everything was structurally sound. That was his job, to make sure that the building was in good, had good maintenance, all these things. He was tipped off, the article says, that the, the building engineer was tipped off very early on that the structure of the building was not sound. The foundation was not good. There was a lot of flaws. There was a lot of cracks. And he was tipped off really early on. After the building was formed and built and everything, a consultant came in and said, this is not good. This is going to be bad long term. The engineer chose to completely disregard what the consultant had told him because he thought he had it figured out. And later on, you can read the whole article. It's like three pages. But later on in the article, it says that the Florida condominium collapsed and killed many, many people. And so that's a very, very basic example. You might be saying, Spencer, why are we talking about this? There's probably buildings that fall over all the time. But tonight, as we kind of unpack this message and what the Word of God says about foundations, we're going to understand why having a structurally sound foundation is so, so important. This article that I'm talking about is proof of how imperative it is to have a firm foundation. This is true in real-life buildings and condominiums, but also in our individual lives. So I want to pray before we get into this. Dear God, thank you for the amazing, amazing, incredible opportunity that we have tonight, Wednesday, January 12th of 2022, to gather together, have fun, be in community with one another. God, we don't take it for granted one bit. We know there's many people that this scenario that we're experiencing right now isn't possible due to regulations or laws. But God, we're thanking you right now for the ability to, to gather around community and friends, but also your word. So God, I pray that you give us ears to hear what you would have us here tonight, what your word would say. God, give us the ability to speak clearly and hear clearly from you. God, thank you again that we're going to have an amazing night and have an amazing In-N-Out Burger later. We ask all these things in your name. Amen. Okay, if you have your Bible with me, I hope you do. Raise your hand if you have your Bible. Isaac, good job. If you have your Bible, turn with me to 1 Peter chapter 2. This is the book that we're going to be in. For those of you that don't know who Peter is, Peter is one of Jesus' 12 disciples, 12 apostles. Jesus was discipling these people. Peter was one of the 12 apostles. And we're going to look at this book that he wrote, 1 Peter chapter 2. This is just one of the chapters out of the book, 1 Peter, that he wrote. Starting in verse 4, it says this. The title is Living Stones for God's House. Tell me if you're there. Are you there, 1 Peter chapter 2? Hey, also, while you're getting there, can we just say we're hoping for a big 49ers victory on Sunday? Come on. Squeaked into the playoffs on Sunday, and they're going to play the Cowboy. They're going to win. I'm telling you. That's why I wore this shirt. Okay, I'm sorry. I distracted you all. Let's get back on track. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 4. It says this. You are coming to Christ, who is the living cornerstone of God's temple. I will say that again. You are coming to Christ who is the living cornerstone of God's temple. He was rejected by people, but he was chosen by God for great honor. Verse 5 says, 
and you are living stones that God is building into his spiritual temple. What's more, you are also his holy priests. Through the mediation of Jesus Christ, you offer spiritual sacrifices that please God, as the scriptures say. The scriptures say, I am placing a cornerstone in Jerusalem, chosen for great honor, and anyone who trusts in him will never be disgraced. God is the cornerstone. This is what Peter's telling us. God is a cornerstone of everything. God, God placed Jesus in Jerusalem for a purpose, for people to follow, for people to learn from. For God. Jesus is also our Savior. He's the cornerstone of everything. He is the ultimate foundation. God is the foundation that our life will be built upon. So like I said earlier, you're either building your life upon a godly spiritual walk, walking with the Lord in your Bible every day. You're building your life on those things or you're building your life on the things that would be opposite, which would be culture and all these things that aren't going to last. Also, you and I, it says this in 1 Peter, we are living stones that God is using to build us into a spiritual temple. This is so awesome. God is building you and me into the perfect individual that he planned us to be long before we were even born. So Christ is the foundation. You and I are the building blocks, the living building blocks that God is using to build this spiritual temple, this perfect individual that God planned. I don't know about you, but that's kind of unreal to me. The fact, we say this a lot, but the fact that God was so, so intentional with every single person in here that he had a plan for their lives long before you even came out of your mother's womb, that's crazy to me, but I'm thankful for it. How cool is it that we each have been uniquely woven together by God, the creator of everything. That's cool. But at the same time, how many, how many of us also know that because, like Peter says, because we are living stones, living things also make choices for themselves. Whether those choices be good or bad, living things, God has given us free will to make choices. I would hope tonight that the choices we are making together are good, but God has given us the free will to do the complete opposite. Verse 6 again says this, As scriptures say, I am placing a cornerstone in Jerusalem, chosen for great honor, and anyone who trusts in him will never be disgraced. Yes, you who trust him recognize the honor. You recognize the honor that God has given him. But for those who reject him, this is verse 7. Those who reject him, the stone that the builders rejected has now become the cornerstone. And verse 8 says, He is the stone that makes people stumble, the rock that makes them fall. They will stumble because they do not obey God's word, and so they meet the fate that was planned for them. So we talked about making decisions that are godly based around God's word, but there's also a group of people in here that are making decisions that aren't based around that at all. And Peter very clearly tells us, that the, if, the word is God, if the word of God is not followed, we will stumble and eventually fall. The Bible is an instruction manual. This book, if you don't have a Bible, please come talk to me after and we're going to get you a Bible. But this book is an instruction manual on how, for each and every single one of us, how we can live our lives based on what God's word tells us and how we can do it with success and do it upon a foundation that is firm and strong. Peter is very clear. He says, they stumble because they do not obey God's word, and so they meet the fate that was planned for them. Peter's talking about, and that, I didn't even put this in my notes, but Peter is talking about the fate that we deserved. For those of us that don't know the story, we were created, humans were created a long time ago, the first few humans being Adam and Eve. They were created perfect in God's image, but the enemy, Satan, tempted them to sin and betray God, and they did. They ate the, the apple, the fruit, and from then on, human nature was destined for death. 
Long before Jesus came, between the time Adam and Eve, Adam and Eve were born and sinned, and then between the time Jesus came, we were destined for death. We deserved death. Jesus came as our Savior to take all of our sins on his shoulders, and now we can be washed clean in him. But Peter is talking about that fate, that death that we deserved. It was planned for us by the devil. It's very clear. The de- I, want you, I want to define quickly the definition of cornerstone, and I think this is very powerful. This is not like a biblical definition or some like Christianese definition. This is straight from, I believe, Webster's Dictionary, and it says, a cornerstone is an important quality or feature on which a particular thing depends or is based. The feature in this worldly definition would be Jesus, God, and the particular thing that it says would be us, and the particular thing must depend on Jesus. We must depend on God. We must depend on our Heavenly Father. Must is a big word, and I'm going to use it a lot tonight, but must, must doesn't mean like you have a, a, one, two, a 50-50 option or like one and two chance. Must means like we must do this. A, bibli- uh, a worldly definition told us so. Jesus must be the cornerstone of our foundation, but also be, we're going to go back to the living building blocks that Peter was talking about, he also must be at the forefront and the focus of the blocks that are being used to build upon that foundation. So how many of us know when we build a building, like let's say right now we are going to get out a bunch of bricks and build like a little building right here. If the corner block was missing, that building would have no, instru- no structural integrity. A cornerstone, a corner brick is very, very crucial for the foundation of that building because you could get to a certain point. Have you ever played Jenga? Nobody wants to touch like the bottom corner blocks because it's going to fall. So Jesus, this is a big analogy, but Jesus is the cornerstone. He's so, so important and we must depend on that cornerstone, on that foundation. Seek to live on a foundation that will continue to allow you to build, not one that will eventually make you fall. I'll say it again. Seek to live on a foundation, Jesus, that will continue to allow you to build higher and higher, not on a foundation that will eventually make you fall. And I'm here to tell you tonight, the harsh truth is, the foundation that will allow you to continue to build up is Jesus, God, the Bible. The foundation that will make you fall is following something from this world and building your life around that. It's a hard truth to hear. And I'm, this is the first night of the year, and I, I'm kind of excited because it's, it's kind of an at-you message, but I believe it's one that's going to set us, up, set us up for a lot of success moving forward in our youth ministry. Seek to live on a foundation that will allow you to continue to build, not one that will make you fall. Our Heavenly Father will never make your foundation fail. If your life is built around your Heavenly Father, the person that created you, if it's built around that, your foundation will never fail. He is structurally sound. Our God is strong. He is consistent. God does not waver with the elements that life throws at us. God doesn't change. Our Heavenly Father is all-powerful. Anything that this world might throw at you, anything that you're struggling with, anything that you walk in here with in January 12th of 2022 that you feel like is too big, that's not going to affect the foundation that God has built. But it will, I'm going to be harsh again, it will, those things that you walk in here with will affect you greatly if the foundation that you're living upon is not based on the word of God. Put your faith in the God who is responsible for you and I's foundation. 
So you could say tonight, like, Spencer, this makes kind of a lot, this makes sense. You're, I mean, the analogy might be weird or whatever, but <laughs> you might be saying, I'll be honest, the foundation that I'm living may not actually be that godly. You could say, I'm living my life kind of however I want. It's not super godly, but it's working, so I don't really need to change anything. I'm content where I'm at. Everything's going to be just fine. That's what you could be saying in your head to me. That could, could be what you're thinking. You could tell me that. Some of you are thinking that right now. That may be, there's a point in life where I think all of us come to the realization like, oh, I'm, I'm pretty good on my own. I don't really need anyone else to help me. But there's a point in life where you doing it by yourself is going to make you stumble more than you ever have before. So that, that thought, I'll be honest, the foundation is fine, I'm good. It may not be godly, but I'm fine. That thought is not going to lead you to success. The Word of God actually tells us in the same verse, go to, or the same book, go to verse 9. He, Peter was talking about the people that stumble. He actually then says, But you are not like that, for you are a chosen people, you are royal priests, you are a holy nation, God's very own possession. As a result, you can show others the goodness of God, for he called you out of the darkness into his wonderful light. Once you had no identity as a people, now you are God's people. Once you received no mercy, now you have received God's mercy. We are called to a higher standard. That thought, oh, everything's good, I got it by myself. That thought, I'm here to tell you tonight, harshly again, is complacency. Peter's very clearly told us that we're called to a higher standard, not one of complacency. If you're good where you're at, I promise you at some point, the hard truth is that you're going to be, feel like you're just fine, but eventually you're going to stumble, and you might stumble a few times, and you're going to trip a few times, and you're going to hurt yourself, but then you're going to get back up and keep doing it, and eventually you're going to collapse. And like I said, I, I believe very strongly that every person comes to that point. It looks different for a lot of people, but there comes a point in life when you realize that doing it by yourself is not the way. There comes a point in life where you realize, I have no strength to do this by myself. I thought my foundation was firm, and you woke up and realized it wasn't. You thought your foundation was strong, but you realize that you're laying on the ground hurting because you collapsed. And I'm telling you, it's going to look different for a lot of people. And some people come to that realization, this is what's sad. Some people come to that realization, they come to that moment where you're broken. And for some of you, that might be you tonight. Some people come to that realization and they don't know what the next step is. They don't know where their hope is. They don't know what's going to fix them. I'm here to tell you tonight, no matter where you're at, our God, our Heavenly Father, Jesus, is going to be the one that's going to pick you up and build you a new foundation, a strong one, and allow you to continue building. Every person comes to that realization. Every person has that life experience where they realize they come to the edge of themselves. And I promise you, the, realize, the sooner you realize that, that Jesus, our Heavenly Father, is the answer, the more favor you will experience, the more building, the stronger foundation you will have. I promise. We are also called, Peter tells us, we are also called to do this with other people. We're also called to call people up with us. So there could be a few of you in here that are, that are fallen and you're broken and your, your foundation was weak and you collapsed just like that building in Florida. But there could also be a lot of other buildings, a lot of other people that are collapsing around you. We're called to pick them up with us because Jesus picked us up first and he'll pick up everyone else around us. And we're called to do life together, pursuing Jesus, pursuing Christ at the same time. 
Worship team, will you come tonight? Or some of you think sometimes, oh, the worship team coming, it's probably over, I can check out. The worship team is going to come, and I believe it's going to set an atmosphere for us to open our hearts to what God would hear. So we're, we're almost done, but we're not done yet. I'm here to tell you tonight that time is of the essence. Time is of the essence. That example that we talked about earlier, that engineer was tipped off really, really early on that the foundation of that building was not structurally sound. He was tipped off really early on, and he probably thought, I'm, I'm assuming at this point, because it didn't say in the article, but he probably thought, oh, I'm a good enough engineer, I built a good enough building that it will last a while and I can put it off. I can put off fixing it late till later. But he quickly realized, upon the death of many people, that he probably should have went and fixed it before he actually did. Time is of the essence. So if you can put that analogy together in your head, it's the same for our lives. That same person that said, I'm good with how I am, like my foundation may actually not be built on God, but I'm good with how I am because I'm feeling pretty good right now. You might be thinking, oh, I can figure this out later. I don't got to do it right now. I promise you the time, time is of the essence. Because there's going to come a point when you're going to fall and you're going to wish you didn't. Verses 11 and 12 says this. Peter says, dear friends, the same chapter, I warn you as temporary residents and foreigners. He's talking about how this earth isn't our home. I don't know if you knew that. There's a home created for us and waiting for us in heaven that is much greater than what this earth could offer us. So he says, I warn you as temporary residents of this world to keep away from worldly desires that wage war against your very souls. Verse 12 says, Be careful to live properly among your unbelieving neighbors, then even if they accuse you of doing wrong, they will see your honorable behavior and they will give honor to God when he judges the world. The engineer was warned, but he didn't take action. It took him way too long. God's word, and Peter, just now, God's word over and over has warned us many, many times. Do not conform to the patterns of this world. All throughout scripture, we can find massive warnings about why it's so crucial that we live and build upon a structurally sound foundation in Jesus. And Peter, again, just now tells us, tonight, I warn you, Temporary residents and foreigners, keep away from worldly desires that wage war against your very souls. So tonight, I would encourage you, let Jesus, you guys, you, you guys all know what a building contractor is, right? That's somebody that builds buildings for a living. There's contractors that are working on our sanctuary right now. A building contractor. Let Jesus be the contractor, the builder, but we must make sure, must, again, we must make sure that we are giving him good tools to build with. And that might not make sense. That might have just flown over some of your heads right now. I'm going to say it again. Let Jesus be the contractor, the builder of our souls, but also we must make sure that we're giving him good tools to build with. The tools in this analogy are the things that we're interacting with on a daily, on a daily basis. The things that you're letting feed you. The things that we're letting into our hearts. So tonight, I have a few questions. Are we inviting the Word of God, a good tool for Jesus to build with? Are we inviting the Word of God into our lives, or are we engaging in ungodly language? Are we inviting, are we letting God direct our steps, which is a good tool? God could use that if we're following Him. Are we letting God direct our steps, or are we being led by a celebrity or an influencer who's not going to amount to anything on this world? Are we watching things that we would watch with Jesus on the couch with us, or are we watching things that we wouldn't even want anyone else watching with us with? 
If you could say yes to the, the first part of all those questions, and there's, probably, there's a lot more tools that God will use, then I'm, I'm grateful for you. But odds are tonight, there's a lot of us in here that could say, I could give God my best. I could give God more of my best. I could give God more of what I have. I'm not giving him everything. And you might be giving him like a hammer and you feel like that's enough, but he still needs nails. You could be giving him a screwdriver, but what about the the screws? Nobody wants to, you could give him the screws without the screwdriver and he could still do it, but you need to give him the very best out of your tool belt. You need to give him everything you have because the more tools you give him, the faster you'll continue to grow, the faster you'll feel at home, the faster you'll feel peace, the faster you'll feel structurally sound and content with where you're at. Because what happens to structurally sound buildings, they stay. Structurally sound buildings don't collapse. Structurally sound buildings don't waver with the elements of the world. They don't waver with wind. Structurally sound buildings stay where they're at and they continue going up. Give God all your best. Give him the best tools you have. Verse eight again, it says, I wanna reference this one more time. God is the stone that makes people stumble, the rock that makes them fall. No, sorry, God is not the stone that makes people stumble. I very much missaid that, missaid that. They stumble because they do not obey God's word. He's talking about people that stumble because they are not built upon a strong foundation. They stumble because they do not obey God's word and so they meet the fate that was planned for them. Peter instructs us so clearly so many times to obey the word of God because this will not make us stumble. This will make us strong. This is, this is what's funny to me. These words, Peter, this is coming from the same Peter. For those of you that don't know much about Peter, this is coming from the same Peter that actually rejected Jesus. There was a time where Peter rejected Jesus because he didn't agree with him and all these things. And he healed from that. And God forgave him and all these things. And there was, there was mending and the relationship was okay. But this is coming from the same Peter that at one point said, ah, Jesus, I don't need you. And now he's telling us you must obey the word of God. That's kind of hilarious to me, but also challenging. Let the warning that God has spoken to us through his word tonight and forever be impactful. Please, tonight, do not take the word of God for granted. Because there's people in other parts of this world that are dying to get their hands on this book. They're dying. They literally are dying. For those of you that don't know, there's a church, an underground church in China, because it's illegal to be a Christian in China. There's an underground church where people are dying to get their hands on the word of God because they know this is the hope. They know this is their firm foundation. They know that they're missing out on something so, so good and so, so real. And I'm offering tonight to give you it to, for free. So please don't take it for granted because people are dying to know what's in this book and it's a strong foundation, it's firm. Don't allow the possibility, don't, okay. Don't even allow the possibility of your building in this analogy or your life to crumble around you. Don't even give it a chance. If there's one crack in your foundation, I pray tonight that you would allow God to fill it in with cement and fill it and make it strong. Don't even allow an inch of unstructurally sound in your foundation. Allow the word of God to shape you and to mold you and to build you into the person God has called you to be. And finally, this is some encouragement after something that might be hard to hear. 
we must be comfortable constantly checking the structure of the foundation that we're allowing Jesus to build our lives upon. We must be very careful to constantly check it. You can't check it enough. I'm sure that building contractor, that engineer, wishes he would have taken the words of someone else, the consultant, and allowed him. I'm sure he wishes he would have acted on that and fixed the issue that was wrong. So tonight in that same idea, that same analogy, I'd encourage you to invite people around you that you know are Christians, that you know are doing, seeking for the same things you are. Invite them to constantly check the strength of your foundation. Allow them to check any, any situations or any areas that you're off. Because I'm here to tell you tonight, none of us have it perfect. My foundation isn't completely filled in and structurally sound. Sarah's isn't, Hudson's isn't, Avery's isn't. None of us have a perfect foundation because we're a broken people. But the more we allow people to come around us and for Avery to say, Spencer, you gotta fill that crack because you're gonna fall if you don't. If you allow people to come and say, you're off there, your cornerstone is about to break off and you're gonna fall. If you allow people to do that, it's not, a, it's not something to be embarrassed about. There, that takes a lot of humility, I'm gonna be honest. It takes a lot of humility for me to go, Corey, I'm, I'm failing you in this way. Can you help me? Can you tell me where I'm off? It takes a lot of humility, but I promise the moment you get over your pride and you can say, I need help in this area, I know I'm off, or you can allow someone to speak in your life and say, you're off and you don't even know it, your, your foundation will be strong because you'll constantly point yourself, each other back to the word of God. And God will continue to use you as a living stone, a living vessel to build you into the perfect plan that he's already had for you. It takes humility, but it's so rewarding, I promise. I'm not perfect at it. But you have to, you have to strive to be more and more like Jesus every single day. Let go of your pride. Ask others to assist in the building project of our lives. Proverbs 27, 17 says, King Solomon says this, as iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens a friend. You've all heard it, iron sharpens iron. A friend, a godly friend, will sharpen a friend as well. So tonight, I have three action steps that you can start right now that will help you strengthen the foundation that we call life, the building project that we call life. Because I said this to our leaders earlier, we're not building a firm foundation just so it will last like for the month. We're not building a foundation to get us through the year. We're not building a foundation that will get us through middle school or high school. We're building a foundation that will last until Jesus comes back to take us home to heaven with him. So it's not just for like, oh, right now I really need someone to help me in this situation. No, no, no. Right now I need somebody to help me so I can last forever until God comes home, Jesus comes home. No, not Jesus comes home. For Jesus comes back to earth to take us home. So I'd encourage you tonight. Here's three action steps that will help you, and they're really simple, that will help you build a foundation that will last until Jesus takes us home with him. The first one is, as you stand with me tonight, I want to read them off. And before I do, I just, I really encourage you, no matter what you're going through, please don't feel like you're lesser than than the person next to you. I've kind of already alluded to it. Don't let the enemy creep in and say, ah, you're the only one that has that weak spot in your foundation. Because odds are there's a lot of other people in this room that are feeling the same stress, the same tension of falling that you are feeling right now. So please just open your hearts and let the word of God speak to you tonight. The three action steps are really simple. And you can do these by yourself or you can do these with other people. The first one is get in the word of God. 
read this book, the Word of God, the Bible. If you don't have one, like I said, come find me. We're going to get you one. Because this book has the most truth, complete 100% truth that you will ever find in any other book. Pastor Tom said it. It's the most printed, the most translated thing that's ever been published. Book. This book has been translated in more language than any other book published or news thing published. The second step, pray about what you're reading in this book and pray and have open dialogue with your heavenly father, with Jesus. Because he created you. So he knows you more than anybody else. Like I said, we must allow others to help us fix our foundation and make it strong. But first we must, we must, we must, we must allow Jesus to come in and say, you're off in that area and invite him to help you make it strong because our foundation is built upon him. And lastly, do both of these things with other like-minded people. That's what we're about here. We're about a group of people coming and hanging out and having fun, but pushing each other more and more towards Jesus, pushing each other more and more to a foundation that's gonna build, build life and not death. So tonight we're gonna, we're gonna sing a few songs or one more song. And I have a question for you or a, a task or a, a challenge. If tonight, and like I said, I just feel this again, please don't let the, the opinion of others around you allow you to miss out on what God would speak. If tonight you feel like or you know you've been living on a foundation that could stumble at any point or collapse at any point, and you'd like God to come and fix and allow to, to fill in the cracks and the holes and to build a stronger foundation in your life, I'm gonna encourage you to come forward. You can come right now. If that's you, don't allow the opinion of anyone else to, to make you not come. If you need assurance that your foundation will not only last for the month or the year or the few years ahead, but last until Jesus comes to take us home, come right now if you need that assurance. I'm up here first. I need to know that I know that I know that I know that I'm gonna last, that I'm gonna build a life worth living for Jesus until Jesus comes. We're about to sing in a moment. I just, I'm not begging anyone to come up here. But I do believe that coming, taking a step of faith is surrender to the Lord to say, I don't have it figured out. I may have not come to that point yet where I feel like I can't do it by myself, but there's so much humility in first coming before your heavenly father and saying, I need you. Before anything else, I need you. Time is of the essence. So we're about to sing in just a minute. I'm gonna pray and we're gonna sing. And as you're worshiping, I'd encourage you to, to open your heart. I don't know how that looks for every single person in here. But however you have to humbly come before the Lord and saying, God, please fix whatever is broken, whatever is falling, do that while we worship. Dear God, thank you for all of these amazing students, all of these amazing leaders, all everyone in this room, God, everyone in this service, God, I thank you for them. I thank you for the students specifically that are here at, this, at the front of this room saying, God, I need you. I want assurance that the foundation I'm living upon and building off of is strong and firm and isn't gonna let me waver, but it's gonna allow me to stand strong in what you would call me to.
stay caught up with everything happening, check us out at peopleschurch.com as well as on Instagram at PC Youth Salem.